bring on our buddy Rob Brown joins us every week, the fan upstate, BetQL as well. How are you, sir? It's going to be weird. We're not live reacting to a Thursday night game here tonight. I Week 18 of the NFL season is always fun, though, unless I do know people that have been in fantasy leagues that are just stupidly run by a commissioner that had the championship game this week, which is obviously awful. But, like, the fun part about this weekend is, like, some games, yes, don't matter and starters are sitting, but then there's others where we have games like the Texans have a chance to win the division, and then there's incentives that guys are playing for. Is there any game or any a couple of things that you're just looking at, whether it's a bet, a game, a spot, anything that you look and just say, you know, I can't wait to see what happens in this. I mean, like, it's first off, hi, everybody. Great to see you. I'm on the air with Trista and PJ. What have I done right with my life? Uh, <laughs> I think the I think the AFC, uh, the AFC East Championship game Sunday night's got to be it, right? Like, there's other games that matter and the other games I'm paying attention to. But with the Dolphins collapsing like they did last week, with Josh Allen getting, I don't know if you guys agree, but I think snubbed from the Pro Bowl this year, this feels to me like one of those games that Josh Allen shows up and is that Josh Allen we enjoy, like we all enjoy playing. So there's not a ton that I'm throwing a lot at because you just don't really know what teams are going to look like what when there is no pressure, when there's a little pressure, when you know we win and we got a shot, but we got to wait to see what Dallas is going to do at 425 to see if we won the division or whatever the case might be. Dolphins Bills, as cliche as as it might be to pick that is the game, like it just sets up for Josh Allen to have some heroics. That's a team that could end the day as the number two seed in the AFC. It's also a day that that team could end not making the playoffs at all. And those to me seem to be the games that Josh Allen kind of becomes Josh Allen. So I am going to bet the over 0.5 interceptions because that's what he does. But I'm probably also going to take a Diggs prop. I'm probably going to take an Allen prop. Probably going to take a James Cook touchdown somewhere in there as well. Because it just feels like, after what happened in Miami last week, this is a spot that Buffalo's got to feel real good about themselves. Rob, we still, besides the AFCs, there are two other divisions that are still up for grabs. You have the NFC South. If Tampa wins, they win the division. And then in the AFC South, you have the Jags if they win they take the division of those two teams, Jacksonville at Tennessee this week, and then the Bucks at Carolina. Both spreads are pretty similar. Both are about four, four and a half point spreads. Which team would you feel less confident in getting the job done, Tampa or Jacksonville? Jacksonville, and and and, and it's it's for two reasons. Number one, Trevor Lawrence is apparently coming back to practice either today or tomorrow, but he is nowhere near 100%. I think a lot of people looked at what Jacksonville did last week against Carolina and thought, all right, if C.J. Bathard can get it done against this team, he can do it. Look, Tennessee's bad. They're, in fact, I said on my show today that Tennessee is the most disappointing team in the NFL to me this year. I thought that they were a division winner. Honestly, I thought they were going to outpace Jacksonville. Turns out they're the only team in the division that can't win it coming up this weekend, but it's also a team that has Mike Vrabel as the coach. It also is a team that is one of the few that can't win anything this weekend, but I get the vibe. They're going to make a run at it. And also, and this is the most true thing I'll say tonight, the Panthers are embarrassingly bad. If Tampa loses that game, I vote we just take the NFC South's playoff spot away and give it the hell to somebody else. <laughs> 
Thank you. Probably give it to Buffalo if that's, they end up That's from a Saints fan, by the way. Dolphins. I'm a Saints fan. <laughs> Kill that division off. We're terrible. It's embarrassing. I don't know if you saw me, Rob. Uh, my co-hosts uh, missed, missed the joke slightly, but I, I started to walk away to almost pretend like I didn't want to see you again based on the fact that I got sick last Thursday uh, on the air. But here we are talking college football. One Mogan, I came on your show, Bet for the Cycle, on Saturday, and I gave out what? Nothing but winners. I gave out Nothing Michigan money line. gave gave out Washington plus three and a half plus four. Uh, what do you like in this national championship game? Any props? Uh, do you like the total? Me and Peach basically broke down the core of it, which is Michigan's D line, whether it can get to Michael Penix, and that O line breaks down. Dude, like that is the game, right? Like it's it's. We're analysts. Our job is to deep dive these things. Our job is to find stuff that maybe other people miss and and point out, bring stuff to the table that people aren't thinking about. This one doesn't feel like it takes a whole heck of a lot of analysis. This one feels like if Michigan's D-line can disrupt Michael Penix, Michigan wins. And if Michael Penix can do what he get against Texas, holy hell, then it feels like Washington wins. That being said... It was the same thing that we said about Michigan Alabama, right? It's oh if they can if they can disrupt and they can create a situation where Jalen Milrow cannot superman himself into the end zone, Michigan wins. And that's exactly what they did. And the fact that they were able to out physical Alabama, with all due respect to the Huskies, because I you and I, Tristan, we've been riding the Husky bandwagon all year long. With all due respect to the Huskies. Alabama's offensive line is the worst it's been in years. I will acknowledge that. But it is a, I think, more physical offensive line. And the Wolverines made them look silly. Like, I I, I don't necessarily believe in or agree with the whole offense sells tickets, defense wins championships thing. I think in the modern era of college football, really in football in general, offense matters, like, a lot. And Michael Penix and what he did against Texas was like an all-time performance. I think we're going to be talking about that one years down the road like we still do about Vince Young. But man, Michigan got after it against Alabama. They removed Jalen Miller's ability to extend plays. Well, they have six or seven sacks in that game. Penix is not, I mean, listen, he's a better passer, obviously, than Jalen Milrow. He's not like world's better as far as escapability from the pocket, if they can get to Jalen, they can get to Michael Penix Jr. I'm all in on Washington. As a fan, I want Washington to win. I think it's a great story for them. Great story for Michael Penix. Great story for the Pac-12 to grab a natty before they evaporate into the great beyond. But man, Michigan is just so disruptive at the point of attack. And considering Washington was beating Texas with developed routes that need a little extra time, I don't know that they're going to have it against Michigan like they did against Texas. So I'm, I'm, I'm rolling with Michigan in this one. I'm pulling for Washington, but I think Michigan's a better football team. What do you think of those hypothetical lines that have been out there if Georgia was playing Michigan in the, the national title game? Have you seen those? Georgia I have. I, listen, if 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 Brock Bowers is playing in that game, and and we talked a little bit about this before the uh, SEC championship game, because we talked about that game, and I said, look, Alabama beating Georgia is not it's not a wild concept, right? Like I called that shot because this is not 2022 Georgia. I know it's fun, and we can have the conversation, but that's not Stetson Bennett's Georgia, right? That's Carson Beck's Georgia. That's a different Georgia. If Brock Bowers is healthy, maybe they can get something going. 
I don't see any reason to feel differently about Michigan, Georgia than I did about Alabama, Georgia. You know, I'm, I'm not on the bandwagon that Georgia got screwed. They could have beat Bama and they got in. I still feel worse for Florida State than Georgia. It's a damn good football team. They're still one of the best programs in America. But I think Michigan next Monday night is going to prove that they were the best team in college football this year. Rob, what teams are you keeping your eye on for next season? Obviously, you've watched a bunch of these bowl games. We're seeing some quarterbacks. You know, Avery Johnson on Kansas State. We got Nico on Tennessee. There are a couple kids that we're seeing that are going to be taking the reins next year for some of these schools. Are you keeping, are you jotting down some teams that you know you're going to be betting next season? Yeah, I am. And I'll, I'll, I'll give you one out the gate that I find interesting because I do think that the ACC next year is going to be down. And I'll tell you who benefits from that. Riley Leonard going to Notre Dame, I find very interesting. I think Freeman's doing a great job building that program. And now, listen, I like Sam Hartman a lot. Uh, we were talking, We, I think, PJ, I think you and I did a show together where we did Heisman odds going into the season, and one of mine was Sam Hartman at Notre Dame. It turns out Notre Dame wasn't there, but to me it wasn't on Sam Hartman. Another year of development, a pretty good recruiting class, and now Riley Leonard, who if you go back and you look at the beginning of the year before his leg got shredded out from under him, Riley Leonard may have been the best quarterback in the Atlantic Coast Conference, and I include Jordan Travis in that conversation. I really like Notre Dame. Uh, I, I got to tell you, man, like, we're all waiting to see what happens with Jim Harbaugh, right? Is he going to catch a suspension from the NCAA? Does he decide that he's going to make the move back to the NFL? I don't know, but I don't see how you don't look at Michigan as a team that's going to be back and going to be very good next year as well. I think the biggest thing I'm following, man, like, I want to see what these Pac-12 teams moving to the Big Ten do, right? Like, we are... Styles make fights. That's something we say in, in, in MMA all the time. Styles make fights. Well, you're bringing a bunch of Pac-12 teams that are known for that wide-open offense, and you're dropping them into the heart of the Big Ten where there's where there's predominantly not a lot of offense but a whole heck of a lot of defense. Like, there's going to be a lot of drama in that conference next year. Yeah, we were talking about the Heisman odds uh, yesterday, and we now have some. Dylan Gabriel, 10-1. to 1 to win the Heisman. I have, am, am absolutely in love with what Dan Lanning has done for my Ducks. <laughs> I am just so excited about our future, carrying four quarterbacks on this team. Say Harbaugh does leave Michigan and he goes to the NFL. Who's the best team in your mind and is set up to be the best team in the Big Ten? Is it Oregon or am I tripping? Uh, is it Oregon? It might be, but I've got to tell you, like, Ryan Day next year at Ohio State. If Jim Harbaugh's gone, because that's been the bugaboo for Ryan. What is this, three years in a row? They ended at 11-1 yep. and one with an L to Michigan uh, in the regular season. I got to think, and, I, and I'll tell you this, my producer Lonzo here in Greenville, South Carolina, big Ohio State guy, and he's telling me that Ryan Day is already, he's already hot seated. Doesn't matter they finished 11-1. and one. Doesn't matter they lost a close one to who I think's your eventual national champion. He said three in a row is just unacceptable to the block M. If Harbaugh's gone next year and Ryan Day's on the hot seat, I got to think they're pushing. From what I understand, they got their portal quarterback earlier today. I don't know how well he's going to fit into that system, but ton of talent, even with losing Marvin Harrison Jr., and that is a generational talent. Like, he's probably the first guy since Lamar Jackson that I look at and go, that's a draft lock. Like, there's no way that this guy's going to fail. But they've had a number of top five, top six classes the last couple of years. That is a school that, as well as anybody else in the country, is reloaded every year. And now public enemy number one is gone. 
listen, I'm, I'm going to be pulling for Oregon just like you, Tristan. We've been talking about them all year. I think you're right. Dan Lanning's done an incredible job. But if Ryan Day's got Jim Harbaugh out of that conference next year, I think the Buckeyes go on the warpath because he has to at this point. Talking to Rob Brown, BetMGM tonight. I'm going to do a very hard pivot back to the NFL because we were talking about this before, and I want to see what your thoughts are. The Bears this offseason, a lot of players coming out saying, we want Justin Fields, want to get him back. To me, I look at this and say, this was his prove-it year, and you still have questions. They need to move on. They need a fresh start. I think that's one of the best. If it is a coaching job opening, one of the best in the NFL with the cap space and all the draft picks, where are you on where the Bears are right now and what their future could be, too? I mean, listen, they've they've been a much improved team the last two or three weeks, right? Like, to the point that there, I don't agree with this, but there are some people saying that Eberflus may have coached his way off the hot seat late. Justin Fields has looked better. Here's, here's where I stand. You got the number one overall pick in the draft. You can do whatever you want. DJ Moore has been incredible this year for the Chicago Bears. I, I, I know the folks here in the Carolinas are absolutely out of their skulls watching Christian McCaffrey put together an MVP season in San Francisco and watching DJ Moore do what he's doing in Chicago. It feels to me like Justin Fields has showed me enough flash that I can say I'm willing to give him one more year, but I'm going to go get him talent. And you've got enough firepower because of that Carolina trade that you can take Marvin Harrison Jr. at one. There's going to be a lot of teams willing to trade up for quarterback. Maybe you go back-to-back years trading out of the number one overall. You drop down to three, four, five, six, seven. You find yourself, if he makes it there, a Marvin Harrison Jr. at that spot. You stock up. You get a bunch of offensive linemen and build. I, I'm happy to give Justin Fields one more year. My question mark is, is Eberflus a guy that's getting one more year? Like, if you ask me if I have to eject one, I think I'm probably moving on from the head coach. I'll be real with you. I don't know who I'm putting in there, but I'd give JF one more time. I think that becomes a pretty uh, decent coaching job for a lot of these young offensive coordinators. You'd have a lot of weapons, a lot of cap space, a lot to work with. Rob Brown, always good to talk to you. Glad Trista didn't uh, walk out before you came on this time around. Yeah, pleasure's mine, Trista. Thanks for sticking around this time. (laughs) There he goes, Rob Brown. Oh, man. It took me a minute to get that joke when he said it. It's Pet MGM tonight.